Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. It is Wednesday, September 9th. We are one day away from the NFL starting. We have the Chiefs and the Texans tomorrow. The Chiefs begin their journey for the repeat of the championship, and Randy begins the repeat for a Randy begins the quest for a repeat of a championship, but I know Justin's going to stop him right in in his tracks in week one, right? Absolutely. Um, For a big shout out to uh, Sterk for his happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Sterk, the daddy of all Sterks. And uh, (laughs) I hope he enjoyed his his call her daddy segment on his last birthday. (laughs) Uh, we apologize also for last week. We uh, we cut off a part of Sterk's. I have no clue how that happened, but part of Sterk's episode was cut off. Uh, I believe it was just about the Trubisky trade, correct? That and the cookies explanation. Okay. Yeah. So we will talk about both of those today. Um, I know that you have a shout out as well to Randy. Uh, can you give the shout out for Randy, please? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to shout out Randy for joining our uh, guillotine league where our two teams are eliminated each week. Um, every single person was live in the draft except for Randy. So he had plenty of people that were on IR, uh, auto-drafted, uh, people that weren't even going to be playing. Uh, I think he had five or six completely inactive players. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you for the $20 donation to the league. We appreciate it. We appreciate your service. He basically <laughs> didn't even. He got to the door of the gu- guillotine, got to the door of the gulag, and said, "Nah, this ain't for me." I just left. <laughs> All right. So we did mention, and Justin also mentioned that uh, we have a little, little activity slash game we're gonna do this year. Um, we're gonna keep track of it on our own. We'll be talking about it on each weekly podcast. We are going to be doing what is called a cookie award. So. What's going to happen is after each week's matchup, Justin and I are going to be crunching the numbers, taking a look at everybody's lineups, and we are going to create the optimized best starting lineup, uh, which is 13 players for us, by looking at all players that were started in the league. So example, quarterback, we're going to look at all 12 started quarterbacks, whoever scored the highest, they're going to receive what's called a cookie. And basically it's like player of the week at that position. We're going to keep a running total of which team is going to have the most on the season for cookies, and then also which players are going to have the most cookies on the season. It'll be something interesting to track, um, and then we will be talking about that every single week. Just something fun to do along the way. Maybe down the road we can do something uh, if it it becomes popular uh, going forward in the next season uh, to make it kind of beneficial to that 
Do you have anything to think about, say about that? No, I just, I'm a giant fan of cookies, so anything called that is, is a great win for me. Um, but it is cool that Sleeper has the things called cookies on there. So it, it works out very nicely. So Mitch uh, Trubisky trade, I know that you kind of wanted to talk about that. Uh, the trade went down between Will and Tyler. Yeah. So first of all, Will had duplicate player, and he traded him, I believe, to – Spaceballs, correct? Correct. Um, and got Mitch Trubisky for him. With that win, Will won big. Because he got an actual player that was fantasy relevant for someone who is a sleeper glitch. Then he went and traded this free player that he received and a starting NFL running back in Tevin Coleman. I know he's a system running back, but still. For another QB from Tyler. I did not understand that at all because, if anything, Will Will got a free player and he also traded a starting running back for a good QB in Kirk Cousins. Granted, it just didn't make any sense. Like, he just – he lost what a, was a free guy for nothing. I, I thought it was interesting because he probably could have and should have sent – if he was going to send another piece because, yes, Kirk Cousins is a dynasty upgrade from Mitch Trubisky. We don't know what's going to be happening with Trubisky going forward. Um, probably not much. I could see him losing his job halfway through the season and then never being a starter again. <laughs> so, you know, but he gave away a flexible running back. So I, I, I don't understand that because he is increasing his quarterback, but he also has a couple other good veteran quarterbacks on his team and Teddy Bridgewater. So did he really need Kirk Cousins that bad? I don't believe he did at all. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, you don't really need to start anyone else. Then have you also have Teddy. Didn't make sense to me at all. That's that's what I, I didn't understand about that. It's a big win for Tyler for getting a startable running back because I know he had some backups that he was probably starting each week. At least he's got a starter now. Now, also, I was tro- I was scrolling through our, um, our, our Dynasty chat, and I don't know how I, <laughs> I didn't get this, but Will literally gave every single player on his team a nickname. <laughs> that, was, that was so, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he told me that right before we started. I, I was Some of them were kind of ridiculous. Well, I will say that, but some of them were grand, uh, some of them were solid. But yeah, that was, uh, I think he had a little bit too much time on his hands today. I just got a tweet notification from Adam Schefter. It says 49ers are practicing in a, quote, apocalyptic state, end quote, amid the Bay Area wildfires. So that sounds creepy. Yeah, that does. Are they are they at home this week? I believe they are. They're playing the Cardinals, and um, there's a lot of crazy weather going on in the West Coast. Colorado, I mean, it was just 95 degrees, and then it snowed an entire foot the next day. You got fires in the deserts of, of Utah. Then you got wildfires in color in California. So very, very uh, unfortunate and also wild time in, in the West. Yeah, apocalypse is coming or something. I don't know. Hopefully not. We need football. That'll be that'll be like that meme where it's a dog sipping coffee and there's fire all around him and he's like, This is fine. That's us yep. watching football. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to briefly touch on some interesting cuts that we have seen uh, in the last week or so. 
We have some interesting cuts we're going to talk about, and then we're going to hit the break and then do some matchup previews, and that's it for this episode. So this episode is going to be pretty short, to be honest, um, but that's going to be all. So um, if we look here, let's start off. I'm going to go back and forth and talking about some of these players. So first of all, Andy, she cut all of her running backs except for her starters. I thought that was quite interesting that she has literally no quarterbacks or no running backs she can start anymore yeah i mean two running backs that she's starting are are solid but and the guys she cut weren't great but she's gonna need some depth and we she kind of made a joke earlier saying she only needs the two for the first four weeks um and then and nobody got it that it was a joke. I think she'll be getting some waiver wire cuts pretty quick or on, be on the trade wire. But right now, I, I, I'm amazed that as a fantasy player, you can only have two running backs on, on your roster at one time. Those are the most, usually the most valuable positions. Andy's team this year is the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. I think that she's, this year, she's kind of approaching it as, I'm going to coast through. I, hopefully, she can get some young pieces, whether that be more picks or whether that be good young stars, good young up-and-coming players to help her team build next year because I think after next year, she just has a normal slate of picks. So she's definitely going to have to think about what does she want her identity to be going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we'll see how we'll see how it happens. I think going into next year, her team's going to look a hell of a lot better. But right now, it's going to be a little rough year for her. And she got her guy in Joe Burrow in the first round and her guy in Justin Jefferson. I think going forward now, she has two pieces of people she is fan favorites of. Now it's about actually getting those players that are going to help her team win. Absolutely. So the next point I wanted to bring up is one of our personal favorites in the last couple weeks. It includes both D. Slatke and Ryan. So Ryan has famously dropped Mike Davis, who is now the backup for McCaffrey, three times he has rostered him four times in the last three weeks he (laughs) got rid of him finally again and he got very very sad and distraught because danny actually put in a claim for 15 dollars by the way 17 oh 17 dollars on mike davis now it does make sense to me in the aspect that it's christian mccaffrey's backup however (laughs) <laughs> Look at all the bids that happened. It was just him, $17. How did he pick $17? I, I don't understand that one. I mean, I, it makes sense to pick him up to be the handcuff just in case McCaffrey ever did get hurt. But $17 when Ryan was picking up and dropping him for $0 for three times. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it provided some comedy in the league for a little bit. Now, Little Slads, he made a really, really good pickup. And I think it's going to fly under the radar. He just picked up J.D. McKissick from the Washington football team. Now, why do I say this is an interesting pick? For two reasons. First of all, he's a pass-catching back. Second of all, he is the top of the depth chart for Washington at the running back position. I thought that was wild, especially with Antonio Gibson being there. Oh, I did not see that. I I assumed Antonio Gibson was still the top of the depth chart. Wow, that's... Very sneaky pickup, yeah. So J.D. McKissick, it just came out today when they Washington released their depth chart, and I'm like, wait, what? And both podcasts I listened to mentioned it as well. I, I can't believe it, but he is actually pretty solid as a pass-catching back. Could be a nice depth, uh, depth piece for for um, little slads there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely would have thought that the Washington football team would have had uh, Gibson as their starter and then Peyton Barber is their goal line guy. McKissick is their pass catching guy. And we'll see once Bryce Love gets healthy where they throw them all. But McKissick is their starter. It'll be interesting. We'll see how long he keeps that role. But for right now, it's a good pickup. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Will. What a goddamn pickup that he had for literally zero. No, he spent $4. So that's okay. $4 is fine. He picked up James Robinson, running back for Jacksonville Jaguars. He was just named the starter yesterday above Divine Exigbo and Chris Thompson. So that was interesting as well because he's an undrafted rookie. I think they're going to have a committee approach, but Will finds himself a nice depth chart piece in a starting running back with Jacksonville for right now. He can wait and see what happens. Yeah, uh, definitely a great pickup. Um, I'm kind of kicking myself. I did not expect Leonard Fournette to be um, just released like that, and I traded Ryan um, for uh, Gio Bernard, and I actually I thought Gio Bernard was a better handcuff than Chris Thompson and ended up giving him a better pick than what I would have given him now. Chris Thompson could be a starter um, before long, but because of all the injuries in the Jacksonville backfield, as we'll see if Divino Zigbo is even playing this week. Uh, but James Robinson has looked impressive in preseason, and I guess he's got that job now. Good pickup, Will. And Reichwell Armstead's also on the COVID list for the second time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he ain't he ain't getting on the field anytime soon. Um, also, I want to say that Tyler is probably kicking himself. He's doing a kick into his face as he's doing a backflip. He had <laughs> he had James Robinson on his taxi and cut him. Yikes! Yeah, that of <laughs> another. He needs running backs. Yeah, he he would have been starting Tevin Coleman and James or James Robinson week one, um, and or so Cream Hunt even you know. Yeah, so he he got bet- the better of Will in the deal where he got Tevin Coleman, but Will gets the better of him on the waiver wire, I guess. Another move of Will. Now I thought this was interesting. It's not like it's a big loss by any means, but he has that IDP army over there in Larson headquarters. But um, I thought it was interesting that he dropped Devondre Campbell. He is an IDP with Arizona, and the reason I say that is because when we did our team preview, it feel like it felt like Devondre Campbell was in his starting lineup projection wise every single week. I think he has enough IDPs. It's fine. I just thought that was kind of an interesting. As we talk about interesting waiver cuts, um, I wonder if anybody will pick him up. Well, yeah, he also had like three other linebackers that were starter quality. It's yeah. just. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Um, I I could definitely see him being picked up once he has a monster game or two. Or maybe he goes right back to Will's um, ADP army. We'll find out. Now, Tyler, I mentioned that he got rid of uh, James Robinson, back flipped, and then kicked himself in the face. Uh, but also, he <laughs> also picked up Divine Azigbo. So that is interesting because he has higher draft capital. So Divine of Zigbo, if he shows out, could eventually be the starter in Jacksonville. We don't know what that backfield is going to look like. This is my prediction. If Jacksonville is as bad as we project, I think that they are going to get Trevor Lawrence, and then I think they're going to use their first pick in the second round to either get uh, ETN with with Clemson or they're going to get Chubba Hubbard. And that would be interesting with Jacksonville. Well, well, we'll see. Because we've seen how James Robinson's going to be their starter this week, and he's an undrafted free agent. Um, you can get running backs for the cheap nowadays. You can yeah. get really, really good ones in the first few rounds, but then you'll, you'll just be tied long-term to a player that hope, you hope is going to be pretty good. So yeah. crazy that running backs have such short shelf lives. But 
You never know. Zigba could be a good player this year with them. And then another interesting move Tyler made, I thought was interesting, was he cut Tyler Eifert, who is the starting tight end in Jacksonville. Man, does Tyler love Jags or what? But uh, so Whoa. Eifert was was the starter, and I thought that was an interesting cut. So I'm wondering for teams that are struggling with tight ends, if they take a look at Tyler Eifert's way, if he has a solid week one. Was was that like a, a hint towards me? Um, I'm just saying in general. I was not hinting at you. Okay. Uh, well, because he's got John Smith and Eric Ebron on his bench. Very good, solid tight ends. And then he's going to start Gronk. We'll see. We'll see about how he's going to work this year. I can understand why he didn't want to have four tight ends on his roster. But, yeah, he's a pretty solid guy. So we'll see. So uh, if we take a look here at the next person, that would be me. So I just wanted to make or I wanted to briefly uh, bring up how I cut Justice Hill, I cut Anthony Walker, and I cut Scotty Miller. And the reason that I bring that up is, to be honest, those are kind of tough cuts. Anthony Walker, not as much. He was like my last cut. But the other two, I still think that they have a path to relevance. Justice Hill, not necessarily with Baltimore, though. He's only 21. And he is going to be a free agent rather shortly. So with Justice Hill, I'm curious because he just hasn't had a path to relevance. Scotty Miller, on the other hand, he was the wide receiver three, or he is right now with Tampa Bay, above Tyler Johnson. Um, He's right behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And Tom Brady loves himself some Scotty Miller. So those cuts were kind of tough. Tyler definitely benefited from that as he picked up Scotty Miller from me. Yeah, absolutely. And now um, we go into the year with Mike Evans with a hamstring injury, and it's unclear how bad it is. Um, we just know he ended last year with a hamstring injury. So Scotty Miller could be right away a starter week one. You never even know. So then um, if you were talking about your, some of your cuts, unfortunately I realized that I had probably about seven or eight Packers on my team and figured I need to, to trim those down just a bit. Um, so I, I got rid of Josiah Degara off of my taxi squad and picked up Harrison Bryant off waivers, threw him on my taxi. I thought that was pretty cool. But then, even before the Packers dropped um, Kumaro, I had to get rid of my fan favorite player just because he's not doesn't have that much fantasy relevance at this point. And now he really didn't once the Packers cut him. Uh, I wish good nothing but good things for him in uh, Buffalo Bills practice squad. Um, and then I also had to drop Jay Sternberger because I thought for sure going into this offseason, almost everyone thought that Sternberger was going to be the Packers starting tight end. And you get to their depth chart and you see Mercedes Lewis, the blocking tight end, um, the 37-year-old Mercedes Lewis, the blocking tight end as the tight end one. Robert Tanyan, um, who's been bounced around a little bit, but has been their backup for a while. They've been grooming him as tight end two. And Jay Sternberger is tight end three. So that's you can't keep a tight end three on your roster, even if he's in your home team. And even with how weak my tight end position is on my roster, I, I could not justify that. I'm sorry, I just went and I got myself a tissue box. I'm so sad about those cuts. Oh, thanks. <laughs> there's a cut that has hit me deep inside my core. So if you're listening right now, I'd like you to dim your music like you to turn the lights off and light a candle and pay homage to the man known as duplicate player this is his funeral we will never see him again in our for the throne dynasty platform 
duplicate player. Thank you for your service as he was caught by Spaceballs. Rest in peace. You will never be forgotten. And then our final cut of note was James Burgess. And I mentioned that about Will with Devondre Campbell. Same thing goes for Ryan with James Burgess. Uh, he was with the Jets. To be honest, I just found out that he was cut as well. But um, he was projected, weirdly enough, to be one of Ryan's IDP starters. So I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, he was very high, highly ranked, and the Jets just gave him a bonus going into the year. So something must have happened because they were not planning on cutting him when you give him an extra couple million um, in this last season. So that was that was definitely a weird thing. So it was cut season. Everybody has minimized their roster, including Andy finally moving Irv Smith off of her taxi squad. She just put him on the block. I'm curious if she can get some interest. I know Randy wants Irv bad. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening if Andy ends up shipping any of these people for picks or young players, as I kind of mentioned. Um, and I'm curious of a lot of identities of this team, of these teams. So we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about week one's matchups. Hi. You're just meat. good name for you. What's your name? Leon Greyjoy. What's your name? Leon Greyjoy. All right, so let's talk about our six week one matchups, and there's some exciting ones, that's for sure. The first one we're going to talk about is my team, Johnny Sins in the Flex versus Team Spaceballs, the FFT. And man, this game is projected to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. Right now, Sleeper is projecting the score to be 183 for me, 180 for Spaceballs. Holy crap, what a week one matchup! Yeah, you don't see many scores that are that high. Um, and then you have two in that range. Uh, you guys have some phenomenal players going, and I can understand how it got that high, but wow. That's tough for me because I play against Spaceballs twice and I play against Randy twice, so I'm already not happy about this. Uh, so, yeah, you didn't you didn't get the scheduling gods in your favor like uh, Flatkey did. Yeah, yeah. So looking at our quarterback matchup, Guess what? It's the quarterback matchup tomorrow. Patrick Mahomes versus Deshaun Watson. You know Patrick Mahomes is going to get his. He's got all those weapons. Deshaun Watson is going to be the interesting case because he has his legs, but also he's got a lot of new weapons he's going to have to kind of implement. Yeah, I can see this game being in the 30s uh, and back and forth the whole way. This you, your, your quarterbacks are going to score and not have any problem scoring this week. And it's crazy that you guys also have the top two fantasy tight ends between Kittle and Kelsey starting too, with Kelsey playing tomorrow night. Like this is, this is quite the matchup we got going on. 
Looking at the running backs then, we also have two running backs in the exact same tier, Saquon versus Zeke. And then if you look down, you got Mark Ingram versus James Conner. That's right there, equal players too. So right now, I'd say James Conner is just a tad above Mark Ingram. Um, just because of they both have pretty easy matchups, James Conner being the Giants and Mark Ingram the Browns. However, I think that um, it's going to be quite interesting to see how that ends up. And then if we look at the wide receivers, so I have Deshaun Watson and Adam Thie- or sorry, I have DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen. He has Allen Robinson and Tyler Boyd. Uh, I'd say, what do you think? Do, do you like DeAndre Hopkins or Allen Robinson better to start the year? To start the year. I think Allen Robinson, long-term, definitely DeAndre. No, Allen Robinson's playing the Lions, so I definitely understand that. Even if they would go ahead and they would put um, Jeff Okuda on Allen Robinson, uh, you know, it's going to be his first NFL game. It's going to be quite an adjustment. DeAndre Hopkins is going against 49ers and probably Richard Sherman, so you don't like that. No, not much, not at all, no. <laughs> In the flex, then, I have Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones. He has Marvin Jones and Marquise Brown. Looking at this matchup, I'm actually not confident at all. <laughs> I mean, like, I may have to slot in some of these wide receivers like A.J. Green, Jerry Judy. Eh, I'm going to stop on Jerry Judy for now. Maybe Lazard against the Vikings. But I may have to look at my bench to try to uh, potentially take out Ronald Jones. I don't know yet. Yeah, um, it's it's so unclear in that Tampa Bay running back room with Fournette, Ronald Jones, and Keyshawn Vaughn eventually being up in there. Uh, yeah, I... Right now, I would not want to have either three of them and rely on them as a a piece right now until you kind of know where the carries lie. So let's get into Tyler versus Will. Right now, Sleeper is projecting that Will is going to beat Tyler by 35 points. So this one's quite different than my matchup. However, Will is also projected 180.5 points right on the tier of me and Spaceballs. If you look at some of the matchups, it's Tom Brady versus Matt Ryan. I'd say they're pretty equal quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. We'll mm-hmm. see because Tom Brady has all those weapons. That's a good thing. If he doesn't have Mike Evans, he may be um, kind of de- de- deplenished a little bit. But at the same time, he still has O.J. Howard, Gronk, and Chris Godwin. So I think Tom Brady will be okay no matter what in that sure. one. And right now, Tyler is starting Latavius Murray and and Kareem Hunt. I'm curious if he ends up actually starting Latavius Murray. Uh, it, it might not be the worst start in the world because knowing that Kamara is not fully healthy, uh, maybe Murray is involved a little bit more. Yeah, um, I see that he's got Tevin Coleman in his flex. I would have assumed Tevin Coleman would have been starting for Latavius, but that, that makes sense right now. We'll see how uh, healthy both those running backs are. Now, Will has Austin Eckler against Cincinnati. That's a great matchup. And then Le'Veon Bell against Buffalo. I don't like that matchup at all. So, Neither do I. Buffalo is a great defense, but you also can't drop, uh, not start Le'Veon Bell at this yeah, point. I agree on that. Running back. Looking at the wideouts then. So right now, Tyler is starting Michael Gallup and then PPR machine Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman's playing against Miami. He's the number one tar- target for Cam. I'm assuming that him and Cam are going to click right away. I mean, how could he not? He is like the underneath monster for PPR. Um, Cam loves um, throwing it both deep and then throwing it to short to like his running backs or his receivers or whatever. Um, Doesn't like the intermediate range all that much. And you're going to find Edelman getting lots and lots of touches. On Will's side, then we have Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin. 
Can't really say much about them. They're in the same game. They're both going to score a lot of points. So that's going to kind of destroy uh, um, Tyler's wide receivers. Yep. Now at tight end, then, it's Rob Gronkowski uh, versus Tyler Higby. Both of those guys I have question marks about this season just because Gronkowski came out of retirement, came from the WWE. I don't really know if he's going to be involved in the passing game all that much. In the red zone, I could definitely see, but we saw that Rob Gronkowski struggled right before he actually retired. Higby on the other side, uh, they use all of their tight ends like every single time. Now, Tyler Higby is a good tight end, though, so um, we can see what happens there. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that Gronk is just like pretty much a touchdown vulture at this point of his career, um, just because he slimmed it down so much. And he was a phenomenal blocker for a long time, too. But with a slim down Gronk that hasn't played in a little while, we'll see how well he's moving um, going throughout the year. But Higby in that three tight end matchup, these guys are both projected to score double digits, but I also could see them scoring very little depending on the matchup of the week uh, and which tight end the Rams want to feature that week. So in the flexes then, Tyler has Tevin Coleman, as you kind of mentioned, and C.D. Lamb. I don't know how I feel about starting a rookie wide receiver week one. It's all about his options that he has, though. Uh, With C.D. Lamb, we don't really know what percent of the target share he's going to get right away. On the positive, though, C.D. Lamb ain't going to get Jalen Ramsey, so that's good for him. On a Will side, he's got D.K. Metcalf, and then he also has James White, the PPR machine. I'm curious what James White's role is going to be. I just found out that Sony is actually healthy, so I'm assuming James White, he wasn't going to start anyways. Uh, I, to be honest, would probably, if Damian Harris and Sony were out, I would have assumed that Rex Burkhead would start just because uh, he's he has a role. His role is definitive. It is a pass catcher. Yeah, uh, James White is a phenomenal pass catching running back, but you don't really see him uh, run the ball all that much. I'm also kind of surprised that Tyler is not uh, throwing Brandon Cooks in one of his flex spots uh, against the Chiefs secondary. So he's actually uh, injured right now. He may not oh, play tomorrow. That explains it. I will <laughs> then. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he's necessarily out though. I know that he was questionable. If I'm looking at his status here, it says that he is officially questionable. Okay, officially great. Uh, I know I heard about it on a couple of podcasts that he was uh, questionable to play. uh, And then they have been hyping up Will Fuller hardcore there with the Texans. So uh, I don't think this is going to be much of a matchup. I think Will's going to completely dominate Tyler in this matchup. Yeah, I would agree. Moving on to our next matchup, we have Danny and we have Sterk. This is a really, really interesting matchup here. Sleeper is projecting right now that Sterk only wins by four points. So if we look at the quarterbacks, we got Josh Allen and Drew Brees. Uh, Josh Allen's playing the Jets and Drew Brees versus Tampa. Drew Brees is going to have to pass a lot. He's got Michael Thomas to do so. Uh, He's got Jared Cook. He's got Kamara slash Murray. So he's got all the weapons. Josh Allen, on the other hand, he can even use his legs a lot. And we're going to see a lot of that, I think, this year um, in Buffalo. Do you have an edge for either of those guys? Um, I think going into week one, I think I got to give Josh Allen the edge just because he can use his legs um, and the Jets defense is going to be trash. Um, Tampa Bay should have a solid defense, but without all these practices, you're not, defenses are going to be a little slower to adjust. If you heard the Warren Sharp um, interview on, yeah. Um, 
I think eventually Tampa Bay's defense is going to be solid, but and then all the defenses are going to kind of struggle this week. But I, the Jets' defense is just so bad that Josh Allen should be able to run all over them and then yeah, get to some of his new weapons and Stephon Diggs, uh, the young Dawson Knox, John Brown going deep. I think Josh Allen's got the got the edge right here. If we look at the running backs, then I'm going to give the slight edge to D. Sladke. He has two top seven, I'll say, running backs in McCaffrey and Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Moving forward in Dynasty, those could potentially both be top five running backs. Crazy how things change for D. Sladke, who was a pretty incompetent team last year. On the other side, then, for for Sturt Daddy, he's got Chris Carson, who he's healthy, which is good, which means he's going to be involved a lot because they run the ball a ton in Seattle. Um, and then also he's got Josh Jacobs, who I am incredibly high on this season, going against Carolina. Did you know this? Carolina's defense, they are projected to start rookies in all positions but two. Jesus. Yeah, I, I did not know. I knew they were going to be a pretty young defense losing uh, Keekly. Um, it's going to really, really hurt them. But all those rookies, I would expect lots and lots of points this week, this year against Carolina. So I'll give the slight edge to D. Slacky, but Josh K. Jacobs could definitely decrease that gap. Looking at the wideouts here, I give a massive massive advantage to Sterk Daddy. He's got Juju Smith-Schuster against the Giants. Bad defense. He also has Deshaun Jackson against the Washington football game. Horrible defense. And guess what? He's literally the only guy there. Jeffrey's on pop slash IR. Uh, and we also have Jalen Rieger, who is going to miss a couple weeks. So J- Deshaun Jackson uh, obviously is a really good vet when he's on the field. Um, and I give a, a he's a great start for week one. On the other hand, then we have uh, D. Slads has Jarvis Landry against Baltimore. Interesting. Uh, he's a PPR machine. He's PPR dependent as well. And then we also have Stephon Diggs against the Jets. So it would be interesting if Josh Allen, who's on Sterk's team, throws a couple touchdowns to Stephon Diggs, who's on D. Slacky's team. Yeah, uh, that could <laughs> – I, I could see um... – Sladke getting pretty or uh, Sterk getting pretty upset about that um, when he's he's getting the touchdown throws for four points while uh, Sterk is getting the touchdown catches for six. That'd be a very make it very interesting matchup, um, even closer than it possibly could be. Um, in the tight end position, though, uh, I I think Sterk uh, big time has the advantage. Yes. Darren Wall is a monster and. We're not sure what we're going to get with Noah Fant yet in the second year with all the extra weapons that they just got true lock. But Darren Waller is a must-start top-five fantasy tight end who is really, really, really good. He's going against Carolina, too. That helps even more. Now, looking at the flex positions, Sterk has two Texans uh, in David Johnson and Will Fuller. So David Johnson, that's an interesting and good flex because he's going to be a starting running back. And then he's also got Will Fuller, who I already told you a lot of people are hyping up because he is healthy at the moment. If he can stay healthy for this entire season, the sky's the limit. That guy is an absolute monster. He makes so many big plays. Yeah. um, Going into this year, I was just so frustrated with Will Fuller, but now I'm starting to look back at it. I'm like, damn, this with uh, Duke Johnson and Will Fuller uh, in this lineup uh, against the Chiefs defense, they're going to get lots and lots of points. Uh, Mostert is that system running back. We'll see if it's going to be more him or Tevin each week. And we'll, we, we just don't know what to expect with Robbie Anderson yet uh, running deep. But right now i got to give the edge to the Texans there in uh, Stark Daddy's lineup. 
So with that being said, I'm going to lean slightly to Garrett in this matchup over Danny, but it could go either way depending upon how well uh, those running backs do for Danny. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because McCaffrey's playing against the Raiders defense and they're nothing special. So we're going to move on here to Jake and Andy's matchup. And right now, Sleeper is projecting that Jake beats Andy by 27 points. So that would be a great start for running back fetish over Mrs. Burrow. Look at the quarterbacks. We got a AFC North matchup in Baker Mayfield versus Baltimore. And then we also have Joe Burrow versus my Chargers. I'm kind of interested to see if he's going to actually have a good game or not in week one against that stout Chargers defense, even with the loss of Derwin James. Yeah, both of these guys are playing really good defenses. If I had to guess, I'd say Baltimore is going to be a top three defense this year. Just they're loaded up and down the ball, uh, both sides, uh, all three levels. Um, I think I give Joe Burrow the edge right now, but he could look like a deer in the headlights for his first rookie game. Uh, That'll be a really close one with some young QBs. Now, Jake also has a lot of quarterback options. He doesn't necessarily have to go uh, with Baker Mayfield if he doesn't want to. So I'm curious what he does there. Oh, yeah, Derek Carr versus uh, Carolina's rookies wouldn't be a bad idea either. I agree on that. So running backs here, huge, huge, huge advantage to Jake. He's got Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. Uh, Both of those guys are projected for about 35 points. On the other hand, you got Andy, who's got Zach Moss and DeAndre Swift. They're projected for about 19 points, and DeAndre Swift is questionable. What the heck is she going to do if DeAndre Swift is out? She doesn't have any other options. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at limited participant in Wednesday's practice due to a hip injury. Uh, he's He's been hampered by this injury since mid-August, so we're going on almost a month, and he's still questionable. There's, there's a reason that Detroit went out and signed AP. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what she's going to be doing uh, if she don't she's gonna have to start some random running back that she grabs off of waivers or trade some of one of her gazillion picks to try to go get a a decent running back yeah and especially because of the fact that she doesn't want to face that penalty and potentially lose her picks if she starts someone that is inactive yeah uh this it's almost getting some flashbacks when last last year when she had to trade for a qb to make sure she could have an active roster for that one time too depth is a huge part of fantasy football yep so let's take a look at the wideouts. Now, Andy is trusting in Justin Jefferson, who is the wide receiver three right now in Minnesota behind BC and Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup. I like Cooper Cup a lot. Uh, I would probably recommend, and it's not my lineup, so I can't make the final call, that she brings Tyler Lockett into that wide receiver and she takes Justin Jefferson out of there. I don't believe in rookies in week one. That's why I'm even hesitant about Jerry Judy in week one. On the other side, then, in the wideouts for Jake, he has Calvin Ridley and Darius Slayton. Right now, that could have been Calvin Ridley, and that could have been DJ Chark. Still have no clue why he made that trade, uh, but he's going to have to kind of live with that. Uh, by the projections, it says that it's very close. I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to score 11 points like he's projected. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got Thielen going against Jair Alexander, Kevin King on jo- Justin Jefferson. Um, I think against Kevin King, he's a solid cornerback. Like they could give him some hour, um, some big uh, chances. But yeah, a rookie receiver week one, unless you're Hollywood Brown against the uh, Dolphins last year, you you typically want to just wait and see where they're going to get their chances. Um, I also am not sure how big of a role Darius Slayton will have right away too with Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. 
um, and Evan Ingram all being uh, catchers along with Saquon in the backfield. We're, we'll see how big of a role he'll have if they're all going to stay healthy this year. Sure. Speaking of Evan Ingram, that is Andy's tight end now as she did trade away Travis Kelsey for him and a second. And then on Jake's side, we got Mark Andrews, who's going up against Cleveland. I really like that matchup for Mark Andrews. He's a lock and loaded guy at tight end. Evan Ingram, boomer bust. It all depends on health, though. When he's healthy, usually he produces. So, you know, I could see Evan Ingram scoring a lot of points. I think Mark Andrews is going to have a great week one because it's all about continuity, at least to start the NFL season with no preseason. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, we'll see what the bronze defense looks like, but Mark Andrews getting the ball from Lamar Jackson has been pretty automatic as long as Andrews stays healthy. Um, and we can say the same thing about uh, Evan Ingram, boomer bust potential. Um, as long as he stays in the field, he's great. Uh, then you go to the flexes and you get uh, Jake with Devin Singletary and that running back fetish where he gets a running uh, Buffalo starter versus that weak jet defense. And then you have uh, wide receiver one for the Colts and T.Y. Hilton versus Jacksonville's no defense as well um, versus of Tyler Lockett and John Brown. And Tyler Lockett's a great receiver, don't get me wrong. But I definitely like Jake in that matchup for sure. So looking at next then, we are going to take a look at Little Slads versus Ryan. And right now, Sleeper is projecting another pretty close matchup. It's projecting Ryan to win by about six and a half points. Taking a look at some of the starters. So quarterback, we know Ryan has a huge advantage here. He's got Lamar Jackson, the MVP, uh, going up against Cleveland at home for what it's worth. And then we got Jared Goff on Little Slads' side going up against Dallas. I think that, in a way, could be a shootout, but I think Lamar Jackson has the edge there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a reason Lamar Jackson was the MVP of both uh, the NFL and R probably Ryan's team, but not even probably, definitely Ryan's team last year. Big matchup advantage there. Looking at the running backs then, on D Slacky's side, we got, uh, or sorry, on Little Slads' side, we have Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley. So those are both pretty solid guys. We got Derrick Henry going against Denver. Uh, here in Sleeper, it says it's a tough matchup. It ain't anymore because Brad Chubb and uh, Von Miller are both going to be out. So I don't believe that their rushing D is going to be as good. And then we also have Todd Gurley against Seattle. And I don't think their defense is as good as Sleeper thinks as well. On Ryan's side, then we have Alvin Kamara and the big question mark surrounding his health and the contract situation. On Kenyon Drake's side, then he's playing against San Francisco. That's going to be tough because their run D should be pretty good. Uh, but Kenyon Drake's going to be involved a lot in the passing game. Yeah, and doesn't even have Alvin Kamara listed with an injury at the moment, which is interesting because you've, you've been hearing about that for a little while now. Um, I think this is a very a lot more even of a matchup than you'd think. Um, Todd Gurley getting his second chance at life with uh, Atlanta in the, as an NFL starter. Uh, this running back matchup makes it much closer until you kind of go into the flexes for a while. Because this is wow, this is very even. Um, so, I'm, I'm not seeing a huge advantage either way. No, not at all. So let's take a look at those wide receivers then on. Little slads aside, we got Tyreek Hill and Cortland Sutton. Man, those are some good wide receivers. On Ryan's side, same exact thing. Kenny Galladay and DJ Moore. Look at the matchups. 
not too tough for little slabs aside. Kenny Galladay could be tough against Chicago. I don't really know who they have for corners, if they're good at all. Um, but then DJ Moore, he's going to be an absolute target monster with Carolina because they're going to have to keep up with a lot of these teams uh, because they're going to lose a lot of games. So I think DJ Moore is going to be very valuable for this year. Uh, Kenny Galladay is going against Kyle Fuller in Chicago, and he's a pretty solid cornerback. Uh, but he's also questionable. Uh, that, that could change it up a little bit, but I think he's supposed to be playing. But, yeah, all these all those wide receivers are great. Uh, if you look at the tight end matchup, then you got uh, Prince Palmer, Orion, um, with Zach Ertz, the target hog against the Washington football team, who is not going to have a great defense either. And then you have Jared Cook um, for uh, Team Little Slads uh, going against Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll see how productive he will be now that they just drafted Troutman to eventually be his replacement. They threw in Emmanuel Sanders in there. They got Kamara. And then, of course, you have Michael Thomas. Um, I think that's still a pretty solid tight end, though. If we take a look at the flexes then for Little Slads, he has Terry McLaurin right now, who I love, even though they're playing against Philly, because guess what? They're going to have to keep up, and they're going to have to score a lot. Haskins is going to have to throw the ball a lot. Robert Woods, he's, if not the safest wide receiver in football for fantasy purposes, he's one of the safest in terms of production that he has with the Rams. I'd call him and Cooper Cup like a 1A, 1B situation. And then on Ryan's side, he has Chris Thompson, who is a flexi, or is a risk, <laughs> is a is a flex is a risky flex at this exact moment because we don't know what his role is going to be, and we know he's a pass catcher. We don't know how much he's going to be on the field. And then on the other side, he's starting another Jaguar in DJ Chark. Love him. I think he's going to have a great season because Jacksonville is going to have to kind of keep up as well. I'm going to give a big advantage though to little slads in the flexes yeah absolutely um you got when you're trusting in multiple jags uh in your starting lineup as well as good as those two players are uh the jags are not going to be good um so it's a little tough to rely on them each and every week just um, because of that uh when you get a really super safe receiver and washington football team's only target that they're going to throw to you feel a little better with little slads there. So that that could be really close, even closer than what Sleeper thinks. Let's take a look at your matchup versus Randy. And right now, Sleeper is projecting that you lose by about 21 points. This matchup could be interesting, though, because Mike Evans is questionable at this exact moment. So I'm curious if he's going to play. If we take a look at the quarterbacks, then you got Dak Prescott uh, for you going against Russell Wilson at Atlanta. I'd say it's a horse apiece in terms of the quarterback. There's really no advantage with either of those. Um, Russell Wilson versus Atlanta. Atlanta has a, good, a bad defense, but also you got Dak Prescott in a very pass-heavy offense. I think that can kind of uh, cancel out. Yeah, uh, Super's projections are within a point for each guy. Both of these guys are going to have phenomenal years. I'm, I'm liking e either one to take the take advantage there. I'm hoping Dak will for me. Uh, and then we go, when you go to running back, Grandy is a huge edge. Um, Dalvin Cook versus the Packers defense, they just got ran over by San Francisco, and they really didn't do that much of a changing of the guard at all. Um, and then you have Nick Chubb. Even though against, going against the Baltimore defense, he's going to be a fantasy stud this year. And I have Carrion, who we're not really sure where, where he's going to be with him and Swift and AP, 
But with Swift Hurt, I'm going to try to start carry on this week against Chicago's defense. And then you got Tariq Cohen in the pass catching running back for Chicago versus Detroit's terrible defense. <laughs> but still, uh, I Randy's got the huge edge here. No, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna question you for a second here. You being a big Jonathan Taylor fan and sleeper projecting you to lose by 20 points, I am very very shocked why you are not starting Jonathan Taylor this week. I know he's a rookie, but I figured you'd at least try to play an upside pick here because uh, you don't know what the role is with carry on. I'm curious what your thoughts were with that. When I saw that DeAndre was um, banged up, DeAndre Swift was banged up, and AP is not going to get into the the, the lineup uh, or into the Detroit's building until um, tomorrow pretty much hmm. um, because of all the COVID testing, yes. I think carry on have a pretty big role this week um and then i, I just want to see how much they're going to feature jonathan taylor with with marlon mack being as solid as a running back equal as he was last year and taylor not being too much of a ppr guy uh when they still have naheem hines there i, I think i gotta kind of want just want to wait a week um before i like commit to having jonathan taylor uh in my lineup um i believe he is going to be one of my starting running backs going forward i just want to i just want to do a wait and see f- approach first Sure, and they're playing Jacksonville. Don't forget about that. True, um, and but they will play him later on in the year too. When he'll, when he probably will be guaranteed starter at sure. that point. Looking at the wide receivers, then, man, it's actually pretty even. I mean, he's got Julio Jones and Odell Beckham. Odell going against Baltimore. I'm assuming he's going to get Will's boy Marlon Humphrey. Julio Jones is going up against Seattle, and it doesn't matter who you put against Julio. He's going to put. Uh, up a great performance on your side then you got Devonte adams probably going to be covered by uh, anthony harris anthony harris so? is the same whoops all right who's going to cover Devonte <laughs> adams um i'm i'm not sure who their cornerback one is off the top of my head uh okay. i know they just lost trey waynes and yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure who their cornerback. Well, it doesn't right matter. Now. Let's be honest. It's Devonte Adams. He's going to be in a similar boat of Julio Jones, where he's going to go sure. ahead and he's going to produce regardless, as long as he's healthy. Amari Cooper, on the other hand, a lot of people are are hesitant on taking him in a lot of redraft leagues, just because yo they got three good wide receivers. Who gives a shit? Amari Cooper is a big upside guy. He can score up to forty points, maybe even more, on any given week. And they're going against the Rams. He is going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment, though, so I am curious on that. Of course, you're not going to bench him. That would be foolish. Yeah. Um, if, if I did bench him, uh, I have the right to reserve to kick myself because that would just be dumb. Looking at the tight ends then, <laughs> it's, it's actually a wash. Uh, I'm going to give the slight advantage to Dallas Goddard because they're playing against Washington. Dallas is not the featured guy with Philadelphia. But um, to be honest, if they're, you know, if they go up big, though, the only negative is he's not going to get involved because they're going to be running the ball like crazy just to run the timeout. On the other side, then you got Dawson Knox, who's going against New York Jets. There is no one behind Dawson Knox, so he is going to be on the field at most of the time. Looking back at last season, though, he didn't really have that many games where he actually had fantasy implications. Yeah, um, I know my tight end group is uh, is pretty weak um, going into the year. Um, CJ Uzoma, I just picked up off waivers. He never stays healthy. He's not going to be too much. Dawson Knox, I'm I'm expecting a lot of good things from him in year two. He can get rid of the drops and become a little bit more of a focus than Josh Allen's offense. 
but I think my eventual starter will be OJ Howard. I just kind of want to see where the the snaps break out and how Gronk looks and how much Brady is going to try to look for OJ Howard. But I think week one, Dawson Knox has the best fantasy potential, but yeah, Gallard still got the edge. Looking at the wideouts then, we got Devontae Parker, or sorry, the flexes. You have Devontae Parker right now, who is questionable. Are you monitoring that injury? Um, to be honest, I didn't know he was questionable. Uh, Parker hamstring, limited participant. Uh, first time in two weeks he took part in practice. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, and he's going to get the some... Stephon Gilmore treatment. Fuck. Okay, well, uh, I'll be monitoring that from now on. Damn it. Okay. But then also you got Christian Kirk, who is going against San Francisco, and they're good at offense, or they're good defense. Uh, Christian Kirk, though, he's not going to be receiving the number one defensive cover as they have uh, now DeAndre Hopkins. On Randy's side, though, unfortunately, he's got Miles Sanders, who's the starting running back against a horrible Washington football team defense. And A.J. Brown, who's going against Denver, and their depleted defense now. So that's unfortunate. I was hoping that you could have a chance there in those flex positions. Oh, look yeah, at this. I, I just saw that you just switched Jonathan Taylor into the flex. Yep. Um, I think I'm putting Jonathan Taylor in over Kirk at this point. Um, and then we'll see where, Perk, where Parker is. And then I might have to put Kirk back in. Uh, but even then, still, Randy's got the advantage in that one. That's that's where the flexes and the running backs is where Randy gets the big uh, advantage over me. So, unfortunately, I yeah. think you, you may start the year 0-1, uh, but you're still projected 162 points. That's a lot more than some of the teams. Or it looks like about three teams in our league right now. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you have bye weeks where you could kind of take advantage of some victories as well. I hope so. <laughs> So that is what we have for you this episode of the For the Throne podcast Uh, coming up this weekend. I'm going to take a closer look at some individual players as well as talk about some NFL matchups. So we will see you in a couple days.